You're listening to the Board Game Snobs podcast, a ridiculous podcast with ridiculous hosts that discuss ridiculous things. And any mention of board games is purely coincidental. And so, without further ado, and with a heavy dollop of shame and embarrassment on my part, I give you the Board Game Snobs. Welcome to the War Game Snobs Podcast. This is Jerry and Enrique. Not here. That's sad. Not back yet. From Mexico. He's been down there a good long while. He's been there. Maybe we need to send a ransom. Proof of life is what we need before we'll send any money. Quit sending us those emails. We're not going to come. He's on the phone right now. Who? Enrique. Hello there. That's not him. I know that. I know that better than him. What if Enrique did get kidnapped? Let me ask you a question. This is Gobby's here too. The host. I'm here as well. Uh, ignore the computer sounds. What if Enrique got kidnapped? Would you go down to fight, let's say, the cartels, multiple Hello cartels, there. to save him? You have no, well, you have skills. You could drive me. I live. <laughs> I don't need to save him. You know why? I live. <laughs> Stop it! We're not doing a soundboard, Enrique. What are you doing with the soundboard of Enrique? I, he's precious. You gotta have him. Precious. Because someday he may be gone, but yet I can play. I live. That's true. That it is. is very true. That is very true. And you know who else is with us? Who? I'm Dan Hughes. Oh, God. Welcome, Dan. I am really don't get into where he's getting on my nerves. How dare you? He's getting on my nerves. Every time you have him on the show, you're always like, oh, Terry Crumpets, oh, I'm going to dance some Dan. bossa nova. Dan's my number one guy. Yeah, salad cream and such. You so just- we're going to be back to basics again on this episode, as the previous episode. I believe we got back to basics. We had, uh, you know, the banter section, some other segments. We were segmented. Whew, that was good. Um, and oh. I believe in segments, such as... Or else, how do I know where I'm at? Now I know what part of the show I'm in. Are we bantering? And banter engage. Do you have something to banter about? Oh, okay, sure. Get your phone and your personality. What is the, uh, what? There's a difference between having something to look at for reference purposes and it being my, look, I told you we weren't going to fight. I'm not fighting. But you're trying to trigger me. I didn't me. trigger you at all. I can't trigger something I haven't pulled. Go ahead. My leg. Uh, I haven't done with nothing. any jokes. I haven't done anything. I've done nothing. What spider spins the biggest web? The one that lies the most. Ah, Natasha Romanoff. The Black, Black Widow. Widow. I knew that because I don't watch Marvel. Marvel. But there was something I looked up once, and then all of a sudden she was on my. Radar. All the time. Like, she kept popping up on my Facebook. You YouTube. Oh. Like, for some reason. I don't know why. I do. I'm going to say this. Go ahead. I'm going to. Now, there is certain. Black Widows. Yes. I've almost been bitten by a Black Widow. I've heard once bitten, twice shy. It's not. And I was. I think not, those were bats, though. I don't know if that's what that was. I think it was bats. I, the Belfry. I was actually not referring to the arachnid. Free, but free the bats. To rather a cougar. Ooh, yes. You were. You're just. You were bitten by a cougar. No, I think I don't. Your think, wife's not that much older than you. I don't, I don't think. Did you get my references? Anyways, continue on, Mister Romanovsky. Do you know? No. What spider spins the biggest web? It's not the daddy long legs because he don't spin no webs because he doesn't lie because I trust him the most, which is weird. Do those legs go all the way up? That's what I ask every time one walks by. What I want to know is why did they say to the thorax? Why the daddy long leg? Do humans have a thorax? Why is it the daddy? Yes, 
They do have a thorax. Something you could ask, do those legs go all the way up to your thorax? That would be quite the line. <laughs> oh, of course they Look do. at the thorax on that one. <laughs> Why not just long legs? Why? Oh, cellar spiders. I tell you, I think they're Why trying they to make go? them sexy. Look at them long legs. Because long legs are equated to sexiness. Am I incorrect? But why are they having, why do they call them daddy long legs? They should be called zaddy long legs. Am I right? I don't know what that means. It's like the Pedro Pascal of spiders. Zaddy? Yes. What does that mean? We had this discussion three weeks ago. I don't, I really don't remember it. But people keep saying, first off, I heard somebody at work just today, I don't know if I told you this, said they refer to them as granddaddy long legs. I used to call them that when I was a child. They're not granddaddy long legs. They're just daddy long legs. And then they went to say that their jaws are so small that it can't bite you. I've always heard that if they could actually bite you, they would kill you because their poison is so strong. And I've told you that that's a lie. I, well, I looked that up. And here's the thing. There's no basis at all for that. They're not. They're not. They're not venomous of any kind. There's three different related groups, unrelated groups called Daddy Long Legs, and they have no venom. None of them. So even their distant cousins. No venom. Have none n- of them. No, no, <laughs> no suffocation from these Daddy Long Legs. So why? Da- I just, oh, they get a bad rap. Why would someone spread those Which is false- basically Papa Roach's <laughs> issue. <laughs> Why is it that all of these are named after men and they're not any good? Not Black Widow. Black Widow's awesome. That's a woman. But all male version of insectides. What other male version is there you can think of? Right Papa here? Roach. Daddy Long Legs. Father. Time. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff like that that I don't. I don't think Uncle Scrooge is a duck. He. He's greedy. Ducks are awesome. I like ducks. Get to your banter. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. The spider that spins the biggest web. The one that doesn't lie. Not of lies, but of silk. Out of its... Silk spinning rectum. Thorax. Darwin's bark spider. I knew that. Or, I can't say the scientific name, so I'm going to try. Nobody's going to look that up. Darwin's bark spider is an orb weaver spider that produces the largest known orb webs... Ranging from 900 to 28,000 square centimeters. Nobody understands centimeters in America. Uh, just divide by three, and that's inches. 140 to 4,340 square inches. How many? Give me a big number. With bridge lines spanning up to 25 meters or 82 feet. Good Lord. A hundred. What does it need that big web? What is it To like? catch stuff. What is it trying to catch? Snacks. How, but you don't need that big of an area. Why is it spinning so much? That's you'd have to ask. You'd have to ask the bark spider. Well, what voice would you give a bark spider? It doesn't have any bite. DMX. <laughs> X gonna I'm give it slipping, to you. But he's not slipping and falling on he's, that web. He's not. He is catching stuff. He's catching stuff. But That's X right. gonna give it to you. We don't know. What he is not going to lose his mind up in that web. We never knew what he was going to give. I want to know. These are solid references, and if you don't get them, I'm sorry. I just remember "Shake Your Tail Feathers" from the Bad that is, Boys. That is not him. That's who's that? That is the guy. That is Nelly with the bandage bandage across his. That's true. Cheekbone he right down here boom. below your eye. He did shake boom. your tail. I think that's Nelly. But uh, they caught two packs, killer. I saw them. Okay, no, this that came out. This is about a month, about a month after that occurred. That's true, but it's still. Relevant. But ha- they went after him. Are we one hundred percent sure? We don't know. Let's not be spreading allegations. Okay. Allegations. No evidence. <laughs> okay. We don't want that, because that's something Papa Roach would do. We don't want that. And we don't want that. Okay, so I had asked you that trivia question, because I had some more trivia to ask you as part of our banter segment, Uh, because I love trivia. David! Alan. What kind of bird is the mascot for Fruit Loops? That's a toucan. Are you sure? No, but there's different types of, I will say, in air quotes, toucan. I mean, I know he's because toucan Sam. Sam. Yeah, but he's not necessarily a toucan. I think he's a toucan. I, I think, think it's a trick question. I think he's an, actually a type of parrot. Okay. Well, they went the easy route. It is toucan. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, So did they not, not think? Who eats Fruit Loops? I'm going to say this. that All Fruit Loops taste the same. There's no difference in flavor. From Just like tricks. 
Now, tricks, I feel the same way about that. Serial. Okay. My wife refers to me as the serial killer. I used to think that she thought that she was married to Jeffrey Dahmer. The fact is, we can't buy cereal in my home because I eat it. She has now resorted to having the children hide cereal in my house. In my house. They hide it. My daughter has cereal hidden in her closet so that like, she doesn't... Because you don't snack on it. Because I don't snack on it. Which is different because I haven't been snacking on it because I'm on a carnivore diet. Either way, I love cereal. I will eat this <clears throat> protein type cereal now that we have that doesn't taste like, you know, your normal store-bought sugary cereal. Have you had um, grape nuts? Uh, I eat grape nuts raw. No milk. See, I don't. I'm not a cereal guy. My gums bleed. We've had this That's discussion. How serious I am about cereal. We've had this discussion before. We have. What is your favorite cereal? I don't remember. Cocoa Puffs. But of here's course, the thing. Something I, generic. I grew up Brown. on shredded wheat, bran yeah. flakes. Love shredded wheat. flakes. Love it. Love and it. And non-sweetened Cheerios. And I'm giving the name brand of the actual items I ate. I love it. I'll eat, I'll eat them all. Whatever it was, great value. That's what we Here's actually the thing. had. Yeah, we didn't read. Yeah. It the wasn't bag, until. It didn't come in a box. Correct. Because we're an anti-box. You can't fit this in a box. Don't put me in a box. Captain Crunch. As Bow Wow said on Tokyo Drift. I tear it up. Captain Crunch would make my gums bleed. I would still eat it. They Isn't did that that? like a sign of gingivitis or something. Uh, what's that? <laughs> is that is that what you like have gum when you're winning? <laughs> yeah, that's sure. what I have. I've got winning the, the gum wars. I've got the gingivitis. Is yes. what I've got. No, my I, my I friend liked, Ginger out there. I got the ooh, vitus. I really like. And one, okay, here's the thing. So growing up with my brother, it was too expensive to buy name brand cereals. People for us. grow up with one's brother. Generally, I mean, my brother left when I was 12. So then I proceeded to grow up without a brother. General Mills. I mean, he was there. General Mills. That's a cereal brand. A General Mill is breakfast with cornflakes. Continue your boring story. But then mother decided to buy me. Mother. Tricks. Cocoa Puffs. Tricks is good. And honeycomb. Now, honeycombs is some legit. Because you taste honeycomb. the honey. Honeycomb. I was fixing to say, I said Cocoa Puffs, but I love honeycomb. I eat that honeycomb. I had not had honeycomb in a long time. Because it's pure It's sugar. pure sugar. <laughs> it's pure Which, sugar. Honey. So that was my thing. The reason I Which don't eat. Which is not a, now, do you, honey. It's not just you like talking to me. Like, honey. No, I'm not, I'm not listening. No. Great show, by the way. Um, not really. I shrunk the kids. The uh, honey is actually bee vomit. Mooners. So it's not exactly a animal product for which you could eat if one was on the carnivore diet, which I'm not I'm not pro-meat. I'm just trying to do an exclusionary thing right now right. to try to figure out what's causing me to have such inflammation. No breathing. Yes. And so perhaps it's vegetables. Perhaps it's fruit. Perhaps it's something I don't know. What what is this allergy that has me? What allergy? Like what is your reaction? I like I swell, and that is not swell. Not like uh, it's okay. No, That's it's swell. no, it's bad. I sw- swollen, swollen, and I've been trying to. And, but you weren't swole like I, working out. I've been trying to get swole. I've been working out. I've been doing mm-hmm. a lot of, of uh, that. Um, not just stretching. I've been stretching a whole lot. <laughs> but I don't know that stretching will get you swole. It will. Really? Yes, it does. Because it does the same thing. It damages the mu- Basically, when you work out, you're damaging the muscles right. and they're repairing themselves. And since you're eating so much protein, they repair themselves. They get bigger upward. But by stretching, you're elongating the muscle. Mm, mm. Elastic man. The elastic man. I intend to be... Not the... Who was the elastic man that died? Was that Karnasky? Kerninsky off the office? Didn't he die? Wasn't he a Fantastic Four? Krasinski? He died. He died, didn't he? There's Pretty- a plastic man... No, that's the rubber band man. And then man. there's the elongated man. The rubber band man. He was Mr. Fantastic. What was so fantastic about him? Because he could stretch. Uh, his brain. His neuroplasticity his of his brain. brain. Yeah. His brain stretched. I never realized that just then. He's elastic. He stretched. Neuroplasticity. He was that smart. That's a go. thing. I didn't realize that. There you go. See, Marvel is very meta. It's, I don't know if it's that meta. The, the comic books were probably more meta than you might give them credit for. I don't know. 
those are some smart people read, writing those I don't those read things. comic books. I really have trouble reading comic books. I love comic. I love the idea of comic books. I don't. Like and I've purchased them. like big, uh, like bound volumes of them, and I start reading them. Like I don't know if they're. 70s or 80s, they're real hard to they're get through. Really massage. Real hard to get through. <laughs> that's true really, as well. There, there's a lot of stuff that started then that we. That is and it's true. not that I'm against misogyny, but I am. You should be. Because I like women, unlike some people. Pro massage. I love massages. Anti misogyny. I Yes. Do you know how hard that is to be pro massage, but anti misogyny? I don't think it's that hard. It's not. <laughs> I was just making sure. You bigot. Keep going. What Zodiac sign is the Joker in the movie Batman? He's a Leo. Pisces. I don't know. I don't believe What is the that. oldest operating why, why amusement? Why did you ask me that? This is know. trivia. I'm asking oh, trivia. So you're just asking stupid stuff that Here I can't we go. possibly know. Go under ahead. geography, under randomtriviagenerator.com. <gasps> oh, random. What is the oldest operating amusement park in the United States? Uh, where did the, sm- the schmoo is I'm not going to click on it, because if I click on it, it shows me answer, I'm going to take in, my guess. In Arkansas. The schmoo? Remember the schmoo? Dog patch. Say, dog patch. I'm going to say, see, is it Cedar Rapids, Ohio? That's probably more correct. Incorrect. Lank Compounds Amusement Park, Connecticut. Connecticut? Yes. There's like four people that live there. Next. Where did Ichabod Crane reside? He was the um, Ichabod. He's the headless horseman. No, Correct. Well, is he's he? not the headless horseman. He's the dude. He's the guy that he was. The headless horseman was chasing. He's from Jersey. I don't know. I'm going to say. Where's Johnny Depp from? Pasadena. I'm going to say. I said Jersey. Huddersfield. Sleepy Hollow. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a trick question. We were way too into it. We knew. Ho- oh. What is Ace Ventura's occupation in the movies by the same name? He's a pet detective. Look at you. Okay. Einhardt. Speaking of which, what shape is produced by bees when constructing a honeycomb? Hexagon. Are you sure? No. It's a comb. It's a... It's a... I said hexagon, but it's actually a thing that I'm not producing right now in my brain. One, two, three. Three, four, it's a hexagon. Five, six is six sex, a hexagon. Sex, hex, hex. Penta is five. Duh. Octa that's what the Satan is eight. Say. I think hexagon might be right. Hexagon. You are I correct, knew sir. I was right. Why'd you connect? Why did you doubt me? I was making you doubt yourself. Okay, so that has been it for the banter segment. Wow, this was lit. You know, some people enjoy trivia. I do. I don't. Because they like pe- hear, to hear people ask the questions, and in their minds, they're guessing. They're like, yeah, I got that right. So is this a cheap way to keep our audience engaged? Maybe it is, David. David! Maybe it is. Get off our you know back. What? So sue me. Sometimes I just can't think of something off the top of my head to keep you thoroughly entertained the entire time. Are you not entertained? Are you not, Maximus? No, they're not, because David basically said that you shouldn't be doing this, and I don't like it either. David's not the boss of me, though. But I, I'm 50%. And no one is. I'm 50% of this, and I can't stop you, because you want to do this. I won't stop. I don't know. I wish you would, because I, it's kind of odd. I'm stopping right now. Now you proceed with your words. I went to Gay, Grayland Greyjoy. Gay, gilded Grayland? That 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 uh, I told you about it previously on a previous podcast, like two or, two or three podcasts ago. Oh, uh, we're Christian, Kristen, Chris. Press- How many words can you get wrong in a paragraph? Wow. You went to the Gilded Grayland, part owned by listener Christopher Preston. Thank you, and his friend Matthew, <laughs> or as a British say, Matthew. Matthew. Why no. are there THs, Fs? I don't know. We watched this show called Call the Midwife. And generally, I think it's like a... Wait a minute. Uh, is there like, a if top a, wife and a bottom wife? Why is there just... Oh, pregnancy. Got it. Midwifery. Midwifery. Sorry? If there is like a... There's contractors you classi- coming. You hate to classify. I'll classify. Who's your but, midwife? Like, you know, I don't think the queen says, Matthew... I don't think she says that. What did she say? Matthew. Why would she say Actually, she's dead. She's dead. She say anything. <laughs> this is her <laughs> saying Matthew. This is her. Well said, Queen. R.I.P. Bravo. 
Listen, you that made fun of the real. head. That was the head of their head of, of their of their everything. The monarch. Yes. Like the butterfly. And when a butterfly flaps its wings, there might be a hurricane somewhere else. It could be in Chaos. a future. Chaos. Theory. theory. It's theoretical. It's, we don't know. Chaos. But you should make fun of the queen seriously. I did not. But you didn't. But she is dead. There's she, no denying that. Oh, she is dead. There's I wonder what the view is of the king, Charles. Because people weren't real fans of Prince Charles. They kind of viewed him as like a spoiled brat the entire time. Are there any fans of King Charles? I think, and I would like to borrow a term, stay in as your two, lane. As two folks from Oklahoma and Texas discuss like, the royalty. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I will say that if you go back to... I a, will say. Uh, oh boy. That, to be fair. On a previous podcast, I mentioned that Miss Markle had a had the number one podcast. It's now defunct. She did. She defunct it. It's gone. Well. Because it was just terms about... Stuff that it was very, I was awful. That podcast was awful. And I never I, listened to it. I did. I don't listen to. I love women. Opposing podcasts. I love women. Other than sporadically bored, they don't oppose us. We're not wizards. I don't even know what that is. Is that a podcast? <laughs> they still have a podcast. Five games for a day. Day. I don't even listen to that. Sometimes BGB. I don't listen. They to know it. who they are because they're so freaking it. huge right now. Mark don't probably even listen to us anymore. Who? Mark, if you still listen, Mister Green Tank. Oh, that Let tank. me know. He's a tank. You don't listen anymore. You know what would be great? If I could go on their podcast, because I think... You will not be invited. I wouldn't be invited. Mark would just have to sneak me on. Sure. We've invited Mark several times. I'll we've invited the, Kellen several I'll times. Be we have the, not invited Neil, and that's just because I don't know why we haven't done that. Is but there he's a, free to come on our show, and we're discussing a podcast that pretends we don't exist. Is there a white tank? I'm the white tank. I'm sure there is. I went through all, all the colors. I'm the chartreuse tank. No, I'm the shark tank. <gasps> yes, that's what I am. Because I come up with all the ideas. I'm the shark tank. And at the very end, you can just say, fiend. Shark fiend? Of the episode. Fiend? Because it's shark fin. But also, in French, it means the end. Oh, yeah. That was a dual-layered joke. Speaking of French, makes me think of Canadians. I haven't heard from Bruno. Is he okay? We don't talk about him. But is he okay? See, this is the thing. This is something that this is something that happens to me on this podcast, is I get attached to certain listeners. There's some that we're not attached to at the hip. We have no relations with them. But, but with Bruno, we did. But with Bruno, we had a relationship <laughs> With him, I haven't heard back from because him. he was at the BGG Spring of 2023. He mega gamed with us. Had a fantastic time. We've gamed with some people, and then it's kind of like you know, you, some people will email, they interact a lot, and then no more. I think he had his field. Frankie of the North. What happened to him? No more. Gone. I don't know. Is he all right? I don't know. I need to check on him. I don't know. I hope he's okay. Uh, all them guys from uh, Super Bowl Sunday. I'll, I'll, be, know, I'll, be, I'll be in walled itself off. We, we can talk about <laughs> I got you. I got you. Uh, you know, just through time, and that's the thing with the podcast, is that we progress. People may come and go. But we stay the same. We stay the same. <laughs> but uh, I miss them. I remember them. I do, too. That was a terrible podcast, that, that uh, Super Bowl Sunday, but I listened to it. That was because Christopher. You talking about when we went on their show? No, not their show. I just I like their podcast a lot. It was really good. when we went on their show. Christian like tried to I don't know, but it was like echoing. Okay, we're really getting off base here. We're this was back to basics part two. Yeah, banter segment. Banter followed by trivia segment. We did it. Have we done movies yet? Have you watched any good movies lately? Uh. You discussed Encanto with Bruno references. I didn't mean to. Bruno, email us. Let us know what you're doing. Bruno's a movie man. The writer, the SAG, the SAG after has been on strike. Do you think he sagged? I, I think he's on strike. That's why he hasn't wrote us, because he, he can't, can't write. He cannot. You can't write. Now, with... You know what's weird is when I listen to podcasts that have actors and actresses on them, under the strike, they could not reference... Any movie no. they've been in. No, and here's the thing that I that think our, our listeners should know. Since the writer strike, if they'll go back, they'll realize that's when this podcast has gone down because many people in the past have accused us as being professional level comedians. It's because we have a team of writers, and one of those writers is Enrique, 
And since then, he's been on strike, and he has not wrote any of the uh, typical banter nor comical sayings that we generally have. So thus, this is why the podcast has seemingly gone down in quality. It will continue to go down in quality until this this writer strike has resolved. I would venture to say, please do with just the two of us. As Will Smith once so elegantly put it, it's a little bit smoother. It is. I'm not, I don't miss Enrique. If he were to... Um, There's not so much talking over each other. He's very... Me and you kind of jive back and forth. It's not... Yes, and Enrique... He's the chaos factor. Just has, admit it. Some, listen, I love... And we are... I love Enrique as a person. Obviously. But as a business partner... As a third, as a, a Larry to our Mo and I was Curly. I just literally fixing to call him the is, Curly is, Joe. Is, is, exactly. He does not, he just, he has a certain je ne sais quoi that does not fit in with our qual. That's why I'm saying he's the chaos factor. He is. He is chaos. I, he, he's a nice, I, I love Enrique. <laughs> but he's me a Jeff you, Goldblum. Me, me and you, <laughs> man. Me and you to the end. Jurassic Park. But throwing Enrique, and you know, he always sides with you on everything. Oh, Enrique. Or he's sitting there trying to analyze me and my problems, which he has no qualifications <laughs> to do. There's there's several podcasts where he start like we're talking about some serious like mental issues and problems, and he's like trying to try on like Enrique. He doesn't even have a driver's Enrique, license. Enrique, you don't have a driver's license. What's he doing here? You play video games at your mama's the whole time. The Destiny too. But see, that's no reason I shouldn't shame him. You for shouldn't that. shame him, and I'm really and I. Actually, I'm quite jealous that you shame him. I wish I just played video games and still with it with my mom, but she's dead. You bring that up quite often, and thus I spiraled into a deep depression afterwards. Yes, and anxiety ensued. Started a podcast. Some of the darkest days of my life, still but yet here I am pushing through it. Pushing through it, and I don't see why this is a <sighs> this is a lit banter session. Push it. Push it real good, is what I say. This has been quite funny, and others will deem it as so as well. There's no one does what board game snobs do better. They are almost professional-level comedians. I mean, who else? I mean, Dan, the man, Quest Hughes. I hate that man. Of Dice Tower and sporadically they're, board fame. They're, they're translating uh, Quest into Arabic and Latin and all these various languages now. Which I, I it's may, a worldwide smash hit. Yes, but that's not my point. My and Cora deserves all the credit. Yes, because Dan did nothing with that. What if did it, he do? He didn't do anything. If it wasn't for Cora and the other people who did the artwork and all that, and his connection, Dan, Dan. Don't be smirch, Dan. He's I, my I'm guy. I'm not going to smirch him. Don't be smirch him. I'm not going to be smirch him. I'm just saying. It's very telling that his success is off the back of he's child labor is not outlawed in Britain. I don't think. I I just I it, yeah I feel a little bit guilty thinking about how many hours Cora must have worked and Evan must have worked on that game in some dark dingy room where Dan and his narcissistic self went along with that. I just, don't know that I should allow you to say these smirching I'm words about I'm not smirching. I'm just, I'm just saying I don't know what the child labor laws are in Huddersfield. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. You can't look it up. They don't have internet over there in Britain. I do have a question for Dan in regards to Call the Midwife. I've got to ask him, and I'm not going to bring it up on this podcast. It'll be on the next podcast when you're gone, and it's just me and Dan having a good old time. I, I, <laughs> I forbade it. There's no more of this... Guest starring unless I'm on. Dan will be my man. You do it while we're going to BGG, which me and Enrique will be at BGG November 14th or 15th. I can't remember when it starts. That Wednesday. November 14th or Tuesday, because that's my 25th anniversary. So I don't think it's then. It's the 15th. You it will starts not, on Wednesday? Yes, you will not be there. At, so November 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, and then closing out the 19th. Yes, and the 18th is Saturday, which will be the Mega Game, which me and Enrique will be at again. I'm going to be there as well. I don't think you'll be there that Saturday. I'm going to be there. You told me to I show up. I just said that me and Enrique will be at the Mega Game Saturday. You asked me to show up Friday and now night. I'm asking you not to come because we're going to be That's all I need game. to know. Okay, I'm making sure you know. Because there's no reason. Because I was going to join the big you, game you, because, remember, I fell in love with it. But you, you have a ticket? You get a ticket and show up. We can do it. 
You don't. Oh, that's right. I don't have a ticket. Get a ticket. Use that Patreon money. Serious question. Uh Why don't these cons do a day pass? Because they're a con. (laughs) Con! Yeah, it's a con. It irritates me. Like, I I don't have the money to show up for three days at $150. They know that you're not going to come to a con. People who are going to come to a con are going to come all week. But I I just need Saturday. I know, but you can't. I don't like that. I don't like it either, but that's where we're at these days. It bothers me. Well, you can be bothered. Or you could just show bothered. up and not say anything. But the, if they check my wristband. They won't check your wristband. They won't see it there. Just walk in. Walk in, Phoenix. And be like, I've risen from the ashes. But just do it. Nobody will know. Nobody will know. Unless you get banned, a permanent ban for life. Which that would just elevate that this podcast bad. to amazing <laughs> heights. You know who would come into a place like that without, a, without paying for it? A scoundrel. Which reminds me of the game we played here recently. 3,000 Scoundrels, which I purchased at the Grey Greyland. Grey Joy. Uh, where are you The talking? Gilded Greyland, spelled gilded, spelled G, not I-L-D-E-D. Like the British, they With put a, a U in it. There's a U. The G-U-I-L-D-E-D Greyland. Shawnee, Oklahoma. Shawnee, Oklahoma? Visit it. It's a nice place. And Matthew... While discussing with him, he I wanted to buy the number one selling game in their shop, which I did. And I will tell you about that later. Okay. Because I've played it, and it's wonderful. It's called Mountain Goats. I'm spoiling it. It's a family-level game that is basically can't stop for families. It's great. Mountain Goats. Can't remember the publisher off the top of my head. And I also purchased a game for which Matthew said is one of his favorites, which is a game that I've been desperately wanting to play by designer Corey Konetskia. 3,000 Scoundrels, which is a game which has obviously had its theme tacked on after the mechanics, I believe. Because the theme is some time traveler has come back to the Old West, accidentally lost a bunch of valuable items from the future, and now a bunch of scoundrels or cowboys, outlaws, are trying to break into various areas and steal those items before the federal government shows up and takes them. In 3,000... Thousand scoundrels refers to the three thousand different variations of the cards, which has those. What did I say the name of that game was? It has the cards where you build the I cards. I believe it was Mystic Veil is yes. the one you guessed. Well, you slide the card into and over a clear cover, and it changes the card. So in three thousand scoundrels, basically on your turn, all you're doing is activating by placing down a card into a row and claiming that this card which are all happen to be uh, playing cards, you know, like ace, two, diamonds, so forth, represent whatever card you want it to be, and then activating the various uh, powers that you have there. And then perhaps buying one of these scoundrels that gives you even more powers. What I like about this game is, one, there's 3,000 different variations you're probably never going to come across, and each, you know, the same thing again. That's neat. I think that that was a gimmick, at first, it, it kind of is it feels a gimmick gimmicky. because I mean, you might put this person with this ability and it changes it up slightly. Okay, I mean, I'll, you can give it to them. I do like the fact that you'll never be, you're not going to be able to play this game the same way. And it's just so, so for in terms of replayability, um, yes, that's very interesting. There are certain facets about this game that I thought were very interesting because deep down, this is kind of a bluffing game. But it's a different type of bluffing. And so one of the reasons I was very interested in this game is because Core Kineska has designed some of the best games or been a part of the development of some of the best games ever. Uh, especially when you work with Fantasy Flight from Star Wars Rebellion to Twilight Imperium. All these various games that he's had a hand in. And some of my favorites. I believe he even helped with Game of Thrones. So during this game, when you're laying cards down... You can simply decide that the player who is now claiming, when you play your card face down onto a row and saying, oh, this is the two of diamonds, to activate this row. That doesn't mean it has to be a two of diamonds. You can just lie about it. So the other players can then call you out. And in your hand of cards, you only have seven cards. And everybody kind of knows what you played the previous round. So if you're a type of person that plays the game, you know, kind of like counting cards like I do... 
you kind of know what the other player has played already. So you can kind of suss out, are they lying? And thus you can put one of your little scoundrel tokens over there immediately and call them out on it. Kind of like coup, sort of. Uh, no, okay, yes, coup. But the game it more re- reminded me of, for some reason, is the basic card game, Baloney. I've never played Baloney. Or BS. I've never played Baloney. I've never played Baloney. Really? Never heard of it. The never, basic card game. Was it's really fun. You say basic. I mean, a 52-card deck. When you say basic. <clears throat> I mean that it's just a 52-card deck. Okay, so how do you play it? You have a group of people, however many there are, one through, say, four. Let's just say four for okay. basic okay. sake. Just keep going. You start off saying, I'm playing this many twos. I'm playing this many threes. I'm playing this many fours. And you have to play that amount of cards as you go in a circle. You can't skip. So when it gets back to you, you may not have any two, three, four, five. You may not have any sixes. So you're going to just lay down two cards of whatever value and say, these are two sixes. And if no one calls you on it, you're good to go. So but if someone says baloney, wait. if you say that, the game is to get rid of all your cards first. Gotcha. It's a, it's a Sheriff of Nottingham. Well, Sheriff Nottingham's smuggling. But in baloney, I guess what you're saying is that, but there's no evidence. Your information's hidden, though. Right. This game does not have any of the uh, penalties that that game has. It's more, it's just the, fa- the the lying factor reminded me of, I'm playing this two of hearts, when in fact, it may or may not be the two of hearts. So the two things that come to mind on this 3,000 scoundrels is one, I didn't quite understand the bluffing mechanism of it, but until we really got deep into the game, which this game plays really fast. I don't know if you realize this. I taught you this game, and we played it. A long it's game. It's a very nice, simple game. In an hour and a half. As far as learning and playing. Yes, hour and a half. The various cards, the rules are there. I would say you taught me this game in like five minutes or less. It was It's quick. It's very smooth in that regard. The rules are simple. And guess what has? Guess what it has? Player aid. A player aid. And all the, I mean, it's very intuitive. That in, it gives you step by step what you have to do. Every game should have a player aid. Well, this game has a player aid. Are you yawning? I did yawn. Because Are you tired or bored yeah, with your own discussion? You're, I'm bored by your... It's always me. So it's coming at me? Yes, I am. It's coming at me. It okay. was, okay. So if I shut up, will you suddenly not no, be bored? No, You'll be enthralled no, with your own that's commentary. that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying okay. is that Enrique, if Enrique was here, Enrique would be inciting me to point out that sometimes you prattle on about player aids, but he's not here. So I, everyone needs to know because they're not doing it still. They, I know. I understand your crusades about player aids. Play your raids. That's all you do is sit over there at board game design shop. Play your raids. Call me. Like- <laughs> I don't think that came out. I don't think that came out just right. Um, I'll probably cut that. Don't cut that because that's amazing. That is amazing. And you should. You should be about aiding others, but not in that sense. So at 3,000 scoundrels. Farm aid. Yes, farm aid. YouTube. YouTube. I like, don't like them as much. They're very pompous. YouTube? YouTube. You, no, not YouTube. You don't want Bono? Bono. Why do you think he's pompous? Just because he wears his big glasses and that, thinks he's saving the world like and Bono. hunger and everything Did else? You that joke that he had when he was on stage? Uh-uh. Oh, it wasn't a joke, but it was that story that got told about Bono being on stage. I don't know if it's true, but it's like he had one of his concerts and he was he quieted the crowd down. And he was clapping his hands. He was clapping his hands and he kept to stand there making the crowd be very quiet. He'd clap his hands. To finally, he said, "Every time I clap my hands, a child in Africa dies." And then some, some like, like letting him know that in Africa there's always somebody dying. And wow. some guy, some guy in the crowd yells, "Well, stop clapping!" Your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Lives rent free. That's <laughs> I can't. I don't know if that story's true, but I like to think that it is. <laughs> so I know that is so good. Because Bono has the power to kill people. Hey, 
it is. Anyways, uh, 3,000 Scoundrels oh is a great, God. great... Uh, Matthew, <laughs> we used to... It's not that funny. It's not that funny. You know how you just get to this point? It's just like you can't. Oh, my God. Because it's Bono. And really, I mean... (laughs) Can't you imagine? (laughs) It's not that funny. Listen. Listen. We got to pull it together. Okay. We're professionals. Oh. Okay. So, okay, so 3,000 uh, Scoundrels was the name the, the company that made it is a... Uh, 3,000. 3,000 is uh, the ga- a new company that Core uh, Kinesia works for after he left Fantasy Flight, which did the initiative and um, several others. But right now, right now, I would say that what makes this game special is that whole bluffing aspect. And so if you're a fan of Mystic Veil... And of just quick, interesting card games that have infinite replayability, or at least, you know, three times, 3,000 times. So I think Enrique, when he gets back from Mexico, is really going to like this game because he loves that combo engine builder type thing because you can do that with these, with these. I mean, yeah, it, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I've been wanting to play this game for quite some time. Matthew there at the Gilded Greyjoy recommended it. He doesn't listen to this podcast. He doesn't, he doesn't care. But maybe Christopher will tell him about it. But I thoroughly love this game. Like I'm really sure, yes. wow, you're really going on about it now. I think it, I think when we replay it with more people, because I think with us, us us two playing it, I think it was interesting. But I think with more players, uh, yeah, I think a bluffing game is always. I have started a cramping. <laughs> Did you laugh so hard that I could? Okay, I know. my stomach is wanting to cramp, and I do not have abs, so therefore this is a new sensation. <laughs> How did you? <laughs> oh my god. Elevation. That's a YouTube song. A new sensation. Okay. How so, did you? What are you cramping in your abdomen? Uh, there's a muscle there somewhere Adipose beneath tissue? the fat. Yes, it's way down deep. Your psoas. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it's just your fascia. Okay. Are you okay? You're, you're stretching you're, out. You're, okay, stretch that out. Do we need to stop? I know. I just have to sit like this. Do we have? We had emails we were going to read. Go ahead. Okay, well, all right. All right, and while Gabby's stretching, um, I'll read some emails that we were going to. That's very that's very interesting. Where did we leave off at? Christopher says that... Uh, Christopher says that... Uh, wow. Wow. He says Rush Hour 2 was better. Okay, okay. Ryan Maxwell says, format change. Here's the deal. We did that last podcast. Skip. Oh, okay. What about Sam Rouleau? That one we did not read. Uh, you could be talking about snake rectum, how to eat mac and cheese with a spoon, stories of healthcare hero deeds, which is me, or why Bigfoot most likely doesn't exist, and and I would still be there. Sure, it's nice to have a word or two sometimes about games, but I wouldn't complain. So he's all he's all pro our, uh, he's all pro our format. Don Gilstrap, that's the chicken guy. He's all about board games. Hassan Dervish. I never can say his name right. P.S. I want to hear Enrique's list of the three worst games he's played and why. Oh, no. It's Hassan. I'm on episode 161. I would still like some time dedicated to board games. They don't even have to be new. Yeah, that's true. See? I love how Jerry describes slash reviews board games. Measured, balanced, intellectual, and all infused with zeal and passion. That's a point for you. (laughs) Is that how we're measuring things? Hassan. <laughs> Is he your new favorite listener? I never knew you. I never knew you. I never knew you cared so much. That's my new, that's my new, that's, this is my new slogan. Measured, balanced, intellectual. I'm not going to read the rest because it was uh, directed towards you. Uh, let's see. Anthony Selavegayo. Selavego? Selavego. Just want to say that I love the podcast and could care less whether you dive deep into board games yeah, yeah, there is. There's too many. Your podcast is fresh, funny, and endearing because you all have a unique chemistry. I truly get a dopamine shot when I see a new episode of my feed. I would listen to you guys talk about paint choices for your kitchen. Uh, we we did we went with eggshell white, gray. No, gray's out. 
I didn't know is that. Is it out? out? Gray's out. Used to be gray oh, I and white. I thought it was so gray. No, it went out. It's out. No There's more joy in the gray. No Fifty Shades of it either. Mm. It's out. It's really uh, more. What is it now? Earth tones? Uh, sort of. But like we went with white because you know, it's timeless. Classic. Aside from that, I might be biased because I've become disenchanted with the hobby. Oh, no, Anthony. Oh, no, Anthony. calling Tony. Uh, while I still enjoy playing games, I tend not to keep up with what's new and happening. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just the content, Anthony. I'm disenchanted. I mean, I don't, you know, enchanted with my mom. Amy Adams? Yeah, I'm disenchanted with it. I don't keep up with the, the, the happenings. I just like to play the game. I don't have time. Larissa, Larissa, Copeland. <laughs> Copeland. That makes me laugh every time because people think that's where you go to cope. Copeland. I know I usually make it to BGG Con in Dallas, but I was wondering if you have plans to come to Token Con? Is that like a marijuana thing? I don't know. In Oklahoma City, March 15th through the 17th, they're estimating 700 people this year. Ricky could get his Freddy's fix. Freddy's the creamery place. I, about to say, I don't know what Freddy's. I don't know what she's talking about right now. Freddy's creamery. Well, if you listen to the podcast, I took Enrique to Freddy's. It's a. It's a. It's like old fashioned, kind of like steak and shake. Oh. P.S. I adore the podcast. They're million podcasts that cover board games. My husband and I listen for y'all's person. See, people love us. Larissa loves us. We're we adorable. To, we need to go to Token Con. We should. When is it? March. I just said it. 15th. Okay. Mar- Wait, when? March. Okay. I'll, I'll put that in my journal. Yeah. Make a note. Journal. Either way, I think that we have done a fantastic job discussing this board game. 3,000 scoundrels. I didn't really discuss it. You did most of the talking. Which is how I prefer it, really. Um, Here's what I liked about the game. Oh, you're going to do that? I'm going to do what I liked about it. I like that I can w- call you out on your... Uh, whenever you play your card face down and say, this is a two. You're baloney. I put my little token on saying, I don't believe that one. And you say, this is a three. I don't believe that one. So pretty much in t- any time Jerry laid down a card, I wanted to put a token down. Token is, con. The problem is deciphering. When is he lying? I don't know. I just put it down when I thought a card would really be beneficial to Jerry. And I'm picking up what you're putting down because I think one of the things about this game that I enjoyed was the scoring aspect of it. So you're trying to figure out, because you're stealing safes, the idea of the game is that you're using your scandals to steal safes. We played the long game, which is three days, and you could only basically, at the end of the game, have three safes. You know how high the safes can go. Their safes removed from the game, so it might be the high safe is missing. But one of the moves that you can make is get to peek at one of these safes, and then you have to place a token declaring what, just declaring a number so that the other players can figure out whether or not this the, the value of that safe. So between, like, say, two and seven. So I look at a safe. I didn't have a token that I must put out there. I could be lying or I could be telling the truth. I can say that this safe, which I looked and saw was a seven, I can put a two out there and say, oh, this safe is a two. There's a lot of bluffing that way because now you have to wait till it gets back to your turn to for you to try to steal that safe. So a lot of players... The little rule that it has is that if the token on that safe is correct, that safe goes up in value. If it's incorrect, then it just stays whatever value it was. That's a neat little scoring mechanism that you're basically kind of like deal or no deal type thing I said when we were teaching it. That you have to open these different briefcases. Well, you're trying to open these certain safes and get those three best high-ranking safes to your player board without letting the other players know, hey... This is suspicious. There's little bitty. There's just. It's got its nuance. Th- there's just. You, you really. This the, ga- it's a game of nuance. In the cards you play, I might be bluffing. I may not. In the safes you check out, I might be bluffing. I might not. That's basically the should be the t- name of this game. I might be bluffing. I might be bluffing. The theme completely non-existent. Not going to be anything. This is obviously a game that was pieced together mechanics first, and then they went and said, "Okay, what can we do?" I like the art. I love the art. Art's very nice. It's very nice. It, art link letter. It is not Great Western Trails. Horror's theme. You don't feel like I'm walking into the saloon and finding these technologies and these safes. You feel none of that. There's androids. It almost feels like and holograms. What's the kids' game where you lay down all the cards and then you have to match these things together? It's a matchup. 
like I need to, but there's a two off here in the right hand corner, three rows up. Now there's a two down here, five rows down I to the no right. I have no idea what this game is. It's just called like matching or something. That's kind of what this game is because like, it, no, it is not. Ignore everything I just said. I the only did. thing is that <laughs> the only thing is that you have these face down cards. So I may have put this token on there. Said it's a two. Did I say it's a two because it is a two? Or did I say it's a two because it's a six and I don't want you to get that high ranking safe. So you're trying to throw your, it's a game of throwing off the opponents. Correct. But all the information out there is almost a deductible. That's not right. Deducible? It is deducible because you have. when I say deducible, I think there's twos. Right. You have a set amount of cards that everyone has. Yes. Zero, two, six, plus an ace. Zero, two, three, four, five, six, and an ace. Yes. Everyone has the same amount of cards. So if you pay attention to what everyone plays, which is hard. It's not hard. I do it. It can be. It can be. It, it can be. But it's deducible. It is deducible. So you can keep track. of. Oh, he played that last time. What are the odds? But each each next round, they're able to draw up a card from uh, randomly from the set they just played. Correct. So it kind of randomizes the cards played. You have to know when to hold them. You do have to know when to hold them. And then... When, when to deduce play them, them and then them. when to lie about where you're placing them. The player board is nice. I like the fact that it's not just straight bluffing. There's a aspect of the game where you're purchasing the scoundrels and you can purchase these effects that chain off of each other. Get some combos going that give you the money. Enrique will love this game. Or it's back from Mexico. Or you can just get safes, which safes are points in the game. There's a, it's, it's, this what so, gets me? This game has two factors to it. It's a bluffing game and it's a combo game mm-hmm. with the scoundrel. You want to combo these cards off of each other. To me, that's the whole thing is comboing these cards and playing them in a, you have to play them in a certain way on your board where in fact they do combo. Because you didn't combo. I failed to pay attention to where I was placing them on the board, and I blew it on getting them to combo. I combo. So there's three or four big factors to this game. Combo number five. That's a good one. Had Marisa, and she was up and left, and then Larissa, a little bit of Angeline. Uh, Monica was. By there. my side, because she was the... I just I was buying... I, so this I noticed game... I, see, did you notice that all my cards I bought were women? So you the, bought none. The fact that I, I love horses, I point. love women. So How dare you? There was one. How dare you? I like the plastic cards that can interchange with a card behind them. That's interesting. The player board, we have these cards that can combo off each other. Why the long face? Depending on where you place them, that's interesting. The card game down below, Ace, zero, two, three, four, five, six. You can lie about them, and where you place them triggers an effect. That's interesting. The safes on the board, you can lie about them. That's interesting. This game, I'm trying to think of a negative about this game. Okay, so here's what, here's what one thing I'll say about the negative, and I have to dig deep for a negative in this game. Well, two things. One, the theme is kind of... Uh, yeah, the, sure. the, the theme was there for, for the artwork. And two... This game doesn't do any one thing amazingly. It does everything very lightly, which is why it was so easy to teach. And the strategy is not apparent. So there's a Watch It Play video, which Rodney does a great job. And then the other two people on Watch It Play that I never really get to remember their name, they actually play a game of it. It's very interesting to watch. So if you're looking for something more in depth, go ahead and watch that. But even when I watched the Watch It Played video, I could not figure out exactly what the hook of the game was. I had to actually play it. And as soon as we started playing it, I realized, oh, okay, so that's that's why, okay, so this makes sense now with your seven cards that you're trying to play, why it's so important to be able to call people's bluffing and how that would be magnified in a three or four player game and why it's so interesting about the various scoundrels that are coming out, why you want to be able to pl- buy a scoundrel and play them a certain way and really build your engine, so to speak. Very interesting. There's nothing that this game does incredibly well, but everything that it does is innovative. Like I'm, I think that's what got me about this game. There's nothing that I can compare it to, that I can think of <clears throat> well, in terms of actual gameplay. That's what I was going to say is, like many games before it, most games nowadays 
it's just a pick a mechanism, throw it in, pick a mechanism, throw it in, pick a mechanism, throw it in, swirl them up. That's my new game. Right. This scene, and Corey Kanetskiet does a great job at taking something. I don't know if it's him. It has to be, because we've seen this quality in so many different games of his from Fantasy Flight, which makes me want to play the initiative now, um, which is another one of his games that was released after Fantasy Flight, because he will take a game and he can distill down exactly what he wants from it and, he, and then turn it into something that's interesting. I, I like like Star Wars Rebellion is another one that comes to mind because he worked on that game as well. That could be a very simple, straightforward, do this, do that, hidden movement game. But it's like Letters from Whitechapel meets X-Wing. Right. But instead, he made it this way to where it really does feel like you're trying to tell this little story in the Star Wars universe, and each side is so well balanced. Yeah. I think that's what gets me about this game is that this game is surprisingly balanced because I felt like I was killing you this entire game. And it turned out 20 to 18. The points in this game are so tight. That's what I was going to say is taking these various mechanisms and making them work smoothly with one another and they seem balanced with one another. That's the key to all most modern games today because all games today, there are some people, Reiner Knizia, it might be like he's the one guy that can like figure out a new freaking way to make a bidding game or an auction game mm-hmm. that I just cannot comprehend how he keeps making these. But yet he does. And it blows my mind every time. But most games today, it's very rare you get a mechanism that's ingenious or new. So, And this is what I will say and to make the comparison, because I know you like movies. I think that Cor Canizia is like a young Reiner Canizia, not because their names rhymed, which I just realized till now. Um but I think that he's doing something very similar to Reiner. Reiner's taking lighter games, putting a twist on them. Corey Canizia is taking much heavier games and trying to go, okay, how can I put this twist and make it something innovative? And sometimes that completely fails. Like Discoveries was one of the worst games I've ever played. Absolutely hated that game. But yet for every one of his games that's bombed, I can think of three more that were just awesome. So like he's able to take the old tired way of doing things and then saying, okay, this is the twist. Kind of like how Kubrick did back in the 80s and 90s is the same way that Christopher Nolan does now. They see something and go, okay, instead of just telling this regular basic story, I'm going to mess with it a little bit. And this is the style that I'm putting forth. I think Corey's, again, he's always been in my top five of designers, which, spoiler alert, we need to do a, we need to do a podcast on our top five. I'm sure we'll do that someday. Anyway, someday, 3,000 Scoundrels. I really liked it, but I'm going to hold off until Enrique plays it. because One I think thumb it, from Jerry, has, one thumb from me. That's, that's two, two thumbs, thumbs up. But we're missing two other thumbs. We need another thumb. I wish he'd quit sitting on them. Enrique's still down in Mexico enjoying the sun, which he's not the sun. He doesn't. He he's at the Golden Parnassus. I think that's the name of the place. I don't know what a Parnassus is. Parn? Like Parmesan? Wouldn't that be interesting if he was at like some sort of cheese resort? That would just be him. Cause that would be typical. Parnassus. Parmesan is actually on the carnivore diet. I'm able to eat that. I love Parmesan. Chicken, chicken, parm, parm. You can't have because that's got fried chicken in it. I, fried goods. I'm trying to avoid them. Avoid them. All right. Until next time. Send us an email at boardgazetoms at gmail.com. And if you're going to be at BGG or you want us to play something at BGG, send us an email. I'll or, be there. Or, or don't. Or, or, or no, do. Do. I should live stream Not at do, BGG. Do, but just, I was emphasizing I might do, do something interesting at BGG. <laughs> we might you live will, stream. You will never do that because you're too busy doing other stuff. You're very enraptured at BGG. You're like a whole different person there. I am. You are. People know me from there. So. People think that I'm hateful. I'm going to try to attempt to show up friday evening and saturday although i don't know if it's worth it if you're just going to be in the, the mega den of wolves the whole time and we will we'll be at the den of wolves the whole time but you're the one that asked me to come up friday i night. didn't know that it was going to be my den of wolves and you know enrique loves den of wolves and you know what i really like it but now that i understand den of wolves i thought about joining again why, to why see don't you if, just show up at the den of wolves? i just thought and but, don't buy but, a ticket but then i gotta pay be a bad boy don't buy a ticket be a bad boy bad boys bad boys what you gonna do 
what we're going to do is in this podcast. DMX would say, X going to give it to you. Well, didn't he do the soundtrack to Bad Boys? I'm know, pretty sure he, he did the soundtrack to it. Maybe he had a contributed a song. I'm sure he contributed a song because that was in the early 90s, early to mid. No, that was the mid 90s to late 90s, early 2000s. I just remember that soundtrack. DM- they came out with a Bad Boys 3. Bad Boys 2 soundtrack released July 15, 2003. It peaked at number one on the Billboard 200. It was lit. It was, as some say, lit. P. Diddy also was an executive producer. And it include, included... The Didn't the same people that sang Insane in the Membrane sing Bad Boys? Insane in the Membrane? I don't know. Let's look at the track list, shall we? The intro, let's see. Uh, Show Me Your Soul, performed by P. Diddy, Lenny Kravitz. Cypress Hill sang in Sing and in the Memory. And Pharrell Williams, Good Night. Not okay. Shug Night. Uh, La La La, performed by Jay-Z. Shake Ya Tail Feathers by Nelly. way off. Bad Boys is sang by Inner Circle. P. Diddy. Yeah, yeah, that was like a deep track. And Murphy Lee. That was who I remember. Murphy Lee. Girl, I'm Your Bad Boy by Fat Joe and P. Diddy featuring Dre. Well, Fat Joe doesn't make music anymore. He's dead, isn't he? No, that's big pun. Keep Giving Me Your Love was performed by uh, Beyonce. Notorious B.I.G. and 50 Cent. Wow. Uh, had a track that I will not pronounce because it would be inappropriate. Snoop Dogg. <clears throat> mm, got choked up. And Justin one. Timberlake. Who is Loon? Mary J. Blight. Who are all these people that are like like these, the the, the, the a smash hit soundtrack right there? Jerry Brockheimer. I know him. He's the producer. He's in, he's in the Guild of Jerry's. The Guild of Jerry. There are listen. There aren't that many good Jerry's. There really isn't. I'm not sure Bruckheimer's one of them. No, no. <laughs> Gone in sixty seconds. Really. Oh my! Do you per- like Gone in sixty yeah, seconds? I love Gone. Of in course six- you do. Do you? The person who likes Fast and the Furious, and you're hating on Gone in sixty no. seconds. I cannot believe you would say something like that. Oh my! Okay, it deserves a rewatch. No. I'll have to rewatch it. I am. I. <laughs> it hurt me for a second that you're like gone in sixty seconds. I just, all I remember. Let is me the name some things for. I can just see Nicholas Cage going. I need you to stop for Let's a second. Go. Let me just name some things for you. I'm going to say some things. Say words. Pir- Pirates of the Caribbean. National Treasure. Top Gun Maverick. National Treasures Three. Bad Boys. The original Top Gun. These are all associated. With Jerry Bruckheimer. All right. The Rock. The Lone Ranger. Okay. Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. Armageddon. You've sold me. You Con Air. I was wrong. Poor yeah. Harvard. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Basically, everything Michael Bay has done. Days Jerry of Thunder. Jerry Bruckheimer has produced. Crimson I know Tide. That. Black Ooh, Hawk Crimson Down. Tide. That's a good one. Oh, wow. Deja Vu. That was like one of my favorite. Uh, He's a good producer. 12 Strong, Enemy of the State. Not Ky- so good. Coyote. Enemy, Enemy of the State? Enemy of the State was... A- no. Yes. No. Yes. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Coyote Ugly. <laughs> I've never seen that. Remember the Titans. Although I know it does star Piper Parabo. Remember the Titans. I love Piper. King Arthur. Flashdance. Kangaroo Jack. Okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay. I... Recant my words about Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> I love, and I have no explanation as to why I love middle-aged, dark-age movies. I love King Arthur. It has, what's your face in it? The girl from yes. Pride and Prejudice. Yes. Keira Knightley. Keira Knightley. Who was in I, Phantom Clive Menace? Owen. She was Phantom Menace. And Mr. Fantastic. Ruse. I love that show. And the bad guys. Yes. I. Yes. King Arthur is a terrible, it's terrible, terrible movie. It's terrible. But I can watch that every time it comes so on TV. <laughs> it's got Mags Mendelssohn. Yes. 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 Oh my God. I'm going to go watch it right now. Show. Shut this off. I got to go watch it. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. I think about Romans all the time. All the time. I'm thinking about Rome. You should get. Every day. I think about Rome. That's just how I am. And that's what. King Arthur's based on is the Romans. Did you not know that? 
I know what King Arthur is based on. He's a Roman, and that's when they went and started Britain. Yes, which yes. is where Heddleston's at, or Huddersfield. That's what I meant. Tim Huddleston. That's where. Uh, that's where uh, Tim Huddersfield Dan is from. Lives. It's with Heddleston. Dan the man. He lives with Loki. All right. Well, He's that's going to do it for this. Jerry. More focused episode. This of the is Morgan a great Spons. episode. We Three thousand scoundrels. I think we were fantastic. I I am every day. We and you know what? Well, you know on. who else thinks we were? There's no one does what board game snobs do better. They are almost professional level comedians. You said it, Dan. No one can say it better. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you for tolerating this episode of the board game snobs. Stay classy. Mm-hmm.